0: Monday, April 12th, I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the daily Come On Now MMA podcast. So let me get set up here. Um, over the weekend, Hideki Matsuyama, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, won the the Masters Golf Tournament, and according to Sportico that win could be worth 20 million dollars a year in endorsements um, and Brad Dorfman told Sportico that because he's the first Japanese player to win the Masters that that amount could be up to 600 million dollars which i know it's wrong probably to compare golf to mma because golf is probably the most lucrative individual sport for sponsors is just a a, a very lucrative market for sponsorships for top players. Um, and so big market for this, this, this man that won. And so, like I said, wrong to compare it, but you kind of have to compare it when you see numbers like this, $600 million is just an immense amount of money. And I'm thinking that if you win a title in the UFC, maybe it's worth a million bucks in endorsements. But for the most part, I got to assume it's less than that from what we've seen because I'm going to say that sponsors are going to be reluctant to get involved with UFC champions because the opportunity is pretty limited to advertise. If you're going to um, sponsor, Uh, or endorse a UFC champion, your best bet for that is to get your name on ESPN, the name of your business or whatever on ESPN. Advertise on ESPN, in the fight on ESPN. But if you don't have the opportunity to get the fighter to sponsor the sponsor name on ESPN during the broadcast, which short of a commercial and buying the time for that, you're not going to be able to do because, you know, the UFC uniforms don't allow that. And so, where's the real value for sponsoring a UFC athlete? There isn't really one unless that athlete has crossover potential. We saw that a little bit with Israel Adesanya, but we also saw how quickly that went south when he made a uh, quote-unquote rape joke. He lost... What I'm gonna assume is probably a fairly lucrative sponsorship in, in in the MMA world with BMW, and so you lose one big sponsor. Now you got a black mark next to your name, and the other sponsors that might have jumped on that in the in the future or in the long run are maybe gonna be a little reluctant to do so, since you know you they know you had a sponsorship with say BMW in the case of. Out of Sonya, and that you've lost it for reasons you probably should have lost it for. Well, how are you going to pick up another blue chip sponsor like that? You're not. You're not uh, unless you show a that you've reformed. And that's not going to happen overnight. So, yeah, it's just not there for UFC fighters because it's a limited market to begin with, and then when you Look at the opportunities of where you could advertise and a crossover appeal. It's even less. So I'm going to say a title wins you maybe a million bucks in sponsorship deals. I might be wrong, but I don't think I'm that wrong because we don't see many television ads outside of on the fight cards for UFC athletes. When Tiger Woods was the biggest thing in golf, you saw him everywhere. Everywhere. You don't see that with fighting. You don't. So the opportunities are, are limited. And with the UFC's uh, uniform outfitting policy and the opportunities it allows its fighters during fight week, which are slim to none, to uh, advertise outside, outside sources, the UFC controls all this. Not an accident. Not an accident. Totally by design. Take a look at the uh, at the canvas of at the UFC at the next fight card. It's covered almost with it's almost over advertised. But again, not a not an accident by design. The UFC gets all that money. The fighters get none. And if you look at a sponsorship deal with that, that should be cov, um, covered under the it would be covered under a CBA by another sport, and the fighters would get fifty percent of that revenue they get 0% and I think the last time I saw a number of the sponsorship revenue just the sponsorship revenue per year it was uh it was 100 million around that so under an ideal situation that revenue would be 50-50 the fighters would get 50 million of that revenue divided among them on. that's a lot of money just in sponsorship revenue but no CBA 100% to the UFC UFC 261 is scheduled to take place in Florida. UFC 262 is scheduled to take place in Texas. If you know and be following me, you know that I'm not a big supporter of the UFC having live events. And because I don't think they're safe right now. And Texas is doing a much better job than Florida in getting the numbers down they're still not where the world health organization would suggest a reopening but they are in Texas they are much much closer than in Florida Florida's are still increasing Texas's I think are dropping or at least have leveled off I think they're dropping now and I'm going to go over some numbers here so what I'm saying here is that while I'm while I remain opposed to both these events the Florida one just should not happen. The Texas one also shouldn't happen. But if the trend continues, is I feel a lot better in Texas than I do in Florida. And so here's what Florida looks like. The World Health, Health Organization recommends you do not reopen until there's 14 days of daily percent positives, 5% or lower. Uh, Florida is at... 9.92 percent over the past week. The past month it's 8.91 percent, and it's pretty steady right now. Texas, we'll pull this up. Texas, uh, past week was 6.04 percent, which again, not five but well under Florida's almost 10. And the past month in Texas went up a little but almost level at 5.87 percent. So Texas is doing a good job at at least keeping it steady and close to what the World Health Organization wants. Uh, Florida is not doing a good job at all. So if the UFC said that they were going to move UFC 261 to Florida, I mean to Texas, I wouldn't oppose it since they're so stuck on this idea that they need to have a full crowd. Ideally, neither of these fight cards happened. Until that number gets underneath what the World Health Organization suggests. I think Texas has a much better chance of hitting that number. I don't think by the time UFC 261 rolls rolls around, Florida is not going to get that number. Just not. I think it's nearly impossible. But we know that fans in the seats are more important than keeping everybody safe. So we'll see where this goes. Speaking of safety, um, and I'm gonna—I've harped on this many, many times because it seems like a kind of a joke. Dana White has said, "Health and safety of the fighters is the most important thing," and so now I'm going to say, again, BS. Mike, and we're going to discuss Mike Perry. Mike Perry has one fight left on his UFC deal. I think he's three and seven in his last ten UFC fights. He's at a point now where he is just getting tuned up he's just getting lit up and he's his his worth to the ufc is you can't knock him out he's he's the homer simpson i know that's but you i know that's rude but you remember the if you remember the episode it was just impossible to knock homer simpson out i think mike perry's at that point he's not going to get knocked out he's going to take an incredible amount of uh, violence he's going to take an incredible amount of abuse his nose is going to get broken badly. He's going to bleed badly. He's not sound defensively. He's not better offensively than he used to be. His skills have deteriorated, whether that's because of his camp or just time. I don't know. Probably a little bit of both. But if I'm in the UFC at this point, I'm going to release Mike Perry for his own safety. Um, and I know that people will say well mike perry makes a lot will make a lot more money in the ufc than elsewhere probably true probably true but he's also going to have a better chance of winning with his style outside of the ufc everybody knows what you need to do with mike perry now you need to make him not see your strikes if you fight from a southpaw stance you're going to have a much better time with him you have to have a speed advantage on him. He fights flat-footed. He doesn't move his head. His striking defense is just awful. Um, his only value to the UFC is toughness. His value outside the cage is has always been questionable. He's more headache than he's worth for the promotion. And so if you want to look at a safety, from a strictly safety standpoint, you release Mike Perry, and you hope that whatever signs him Whoever signs him, which is not your issue, signs him to a deal where he's going to face lesser competition than he is in the UFC. And I think anywhere outside the UFC, he's going to face lesser competition. Um, And so looking at this from a health standpoint, it's more healthy for Mike Perry to fight outside of the UFC than it is to have him fight inside the UFC. Monetarily, no. Physically, yes. And maybe that cut inspires him to straighten out his camp to try and get back to the UFC too. The message should be, you know, you need to work on these skills, sort everything out around you. And if you do that, we could bring you back if we see what we want to see. But what we're seeing right now is unhealthy. It's unsafe. And we don't feel comfortable letting you get beat up this badly this often. Now, what are the odds of that happening? Slim to none. But Perry only has one fight left on his UFC contract. I don't think you let him fight it out. You're probably paying him more than he's worth at this point. And Dana White said when he was asked about this a while ago that Perry's fun to have around. Well, there was nothing fun about that last fight. About Rodriguez just beating him up for for three rounds. That wasn't fun. It wasn't fun to watch. I don't. Not fun to see. And not fun when you think about the amount of abuse Mike Perry's taken. So release him with some stipulations. And hopefully he'll fix himself up in the, in the way that his camp functions. And who he has in his corner and how he's working. But right now, Mike Perry is um, a danger to himself as far as his health and safety goes. And, you know, he shouldn't be fighting. Okay, it's Conor McGregor time. If you've been following... The saga online about Conor McGregor and Dustin Poye, you know that McGregor made his prediction that he was going to knock out uh, Poye in the fourth round, and Poye responded that it was uh, something like a nice prediction, and then revealed that um, McGregor has not paid. Or given Poirier and his foundation the $500,000 they promised when they when they fought in January. So now that's, you know, we're going we're in April. That check should have been cut because McGregor took all the good PO, PR buzz from that promised um, donation basked in the glow of that and never revealed that he didn't pay up. Um, he said that his team was kind of vetting Poye's charity, but that's, I see that as bullshit because Ch- uh, Poye's charity is uh, registered as a nonprofit. And if you want to see the numbers from the nonprofit, all you have to do is ask for them and they will give you the forms that they're required to f- fill out for the government. And if you ask for those, you'll get them. I know this because I have asked for them and I got them. And so if I can ask for them, if McGregor says, I want to see him before I give you my $500,000, they're going to get him. They're going to get him quick because a charity wants wants money so it can do what it was going to do. And Poye also, and this is another thing to call, call some BS, McGregor said he didn't get an idea of what the money was going to be spent on. And that's BS because Poirier said, at the time the donation was allegedly going to, to go to the go to the foundation that he was going to help build gyms with that money and so the money had a destination so everything that mcgregor said which were excuses was pro- is, has been proven to be untrue uh, mcgregor's manager said that it was a low move to to bring this up but then again it's April. This was supposed to take place in January. And the more another important thing to note is that not once did McGregor or his manager say that Poirier was lying. Not once did they say, we gave him that money. And if now they're going to say that it's still forthcoming. And I'm going to call bullshit on that. Because it's, like I said, it's, again, it is April. There's no accounting error here. There's no vetting that took place. This money should have gone there. It didn't. A promise was made. A promise was not kept. Poye said where the money was going to go, had plans for the money. Everybody basked in the glow of the PR, and Poye never got the money. There's no gray here unless you're gullible and believe anything that McGregor and his manager say. We know McGregor loves PR, loves it, loves positive PR. To say that he didn't take advantage of the situation in January is untrue. He took advantage of it. He made a promise. He didn't deliver. That's that's black and white. Cut and dry. If a tour says that they were waiting to see if the UFC was going to kick in, well, again, it's April. doesn't sound like they were going to kick in. And even if they were going to kick in, you can give him the money and say the UFC, they're in discussions with the UFC, to also give money. But that didn't happen. The only thing that happened on McGregor's side of this equation. Was silence. Poirier said that. There was three communications. That they reached out. And got nothing back from the from McGregor's team. I don't know if I, that's true. But I'm going to be inclined to believe. Poirier more than I'm going to be inclined to believe McGregor. And his team. Because again. McGregor and his manager never said. They gave him the money. And so now McGregor's acting like he's the one that's getting shafted, meanwhile he's the one that did the shafting. He promised a foundation, a charity, $500,000 for kids. He didn't deliver. Don't let McGregor control the talks on this. Don't let McGregor say, "Well, I give money to other charities." That's not the point. That's a that's another that's a whataboutism. It's a whataboutism. You know, I gave a million bucks to first responders. That's great. No one said you didn't. But what we did say is you didn't give $500,000. You promised to Dustin Poirier's foundation and you took credit for giving that money. Don't say that you didn't take credit for it because you did. Yes, Poirier said thank you. And he had the plans for the money because he thought that McGregor was going to come through. And so you planned for that. You planned for that. Because if someone tells you they're going to give you money and then enjoys the PR glow from that, you expect that money to come. It didn't. Um, don't act like that Poye is at fault here in any way, shape, or form. It's not a low blow for Poye to put this out in the press. Not in April for a promise that was made in January. No way. No way. That money was going to go to a good, a, a, a good deed. And now, no gyms because no money. And to say that McGregor say that he's going to pull out of the fight because of this, again, why? That's also bullshit. Now, I don't know if McGregor even signed. But if he did sign a contract, this is not, I don't think this is something the UFC is going to let go. I don't think Dana White and Hunter Campbell are going to say, oh, you practically begged us for this fight but since you don't want to fight because he put your business in the streets of you being cheap we're going to let you off even though we have a signed contract not going to happen if McGregor actually signed this deal signed the contract to fight on that date and his opponent on that contract is Dustin Poirier there's going to be some repercussions from the UFC another thing that um, bothers me here is that why why is he still trying to control the narrative? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's it's dirty, it's low, and to try and harm Poye's charity and his foundation—that's a low blow. That's that's the low blow. McGregor putting this on, on, questioning a legitimate charity which is registered with the government and pays and uh, filed all the proper. Paperwork should not be questioned because now if you put questions in people's minds, this could affect Poirier's charity and it could affect him and his future with that charity. That's That's the low. That's the low blow. Another thing is that I've seen some people say that this is all hype to build up the fight. And I mean, that sounds silly to me because why would... Dustin Poirier risk the future of his charity, the hype of a fight, and he would be risking the future of his charity and of his foundation here. If he says, if he makes these claims about McGregor and they prove to be false, which obviously they're not, because again, McGregor never said he gave him the money and he did that just to build up a fight. Well, now who's going to trust Poirier? Who's going to give him money when he he used it to build up a fight and to build tension for a fight? That is a silly, silly idea. And I don't think that's anywhere near true. And I'll say this about that though. The people that I've seen in my timeline making this claim usually have pictures of Conor McGregor as their avatar. So take that for what it's worth. Um, I don't have any problem with Poirier putting this business out there because it's bad business for him because he made promises of where the money was going to go. It's worse business from McGregor and his team because they never gave the money. They never gave the money to legitimate charity but basked in the PR glow when they said they were going to. It's a bad, bad look from Conor McGregor. And stay focused on this incident. Don't bring anything else into it because that's all What aboutism? That's not the focus. The focus is this specific $500,000. Gave him nothing. Nothing. Which means $10 is more valuable right now than what McGregor gave. And anything that comes in at after this point, I think has to be questioned. Is it shame? Were you shamed into giving that money? And I think the answer to that is 100% yes. Because if McGregor intended to give this 500000 to Poirier, he would have gave it to him. He would have gave it to him. The intention was never there. The intention was get the PR buzz and then hope that Poirier forgets about it. Hope that Poye won't bring it up. But Poirier's a stand-up guy. And sometimes, you know, you have to bring things up in public if to uh, to get what was promised to you. That's all he did. He exposed the liar. He exposed the cheater. And people are still out here defending Conor McGregor. Nope. Poirier's in the right here. And anything that McGregor gives to from this point on should be suspect. And should be looked at as nothing more than making good on a promise that he made. And making good on a promise that he made that he was shamed into making good on. So, McGregor looks like a heel. Looks like a a pretty shitty person here. And we'll see how it turns out. But don't let it be related to a fight. Don't let it be related to hyping up a fight. It's 100% this guy shafting a legitimate charity. No spin here. No gray area. Black and white, McGregor screwed up and McGregor screwed the kids that were going to get gyms out of this deal from Poirier. It's not on Dusted Poirier. 100% on Conor McGregor. And that's all I have for today. I will be back tomorrow. And until then, everyone stay safe.